Welcome back to Unreliable Narrators, where we talk about things that are greatly underappreciated and the injustices in YA culture. I'm one of your hosts, Maggie. And I'm Kiara, and Maggie, it, it sounds like you have a chip on your shoulder about something this week. I do have a chip on my shoulder, because, you know, one of my favorite books when I was, like, in middle school, and since then, like, it's still one of my favorite books, was the Percy Jackson series, and... No matter where I go, I just feel like Percy Jackson is not being appreciated as much as it should be. Even though it's been a gazillion years since it first was released, I just, why doesn't it get the attention it deserves? It's a great book. That actually is a great question. I love Percy Jackson too, so I'm familiar mm-hmm. with it as well. So I'm assuming that you're probably meaning that there's another series that gets more attention than it? Well, maybe just a little bit. You know, there was this other series that came out around the same time that was um, has a lot of similarities to Percy Jackson, but somehow became really successful, even though I would like to argue that I don't enjoy it as much. It's similar, like, you know, there's a very fantasy element in a more modern setting um, featuring a young boy who suddenly discovers he has magical powers. Um, I'm talking about Harry Potter, by the way. Why is Harry Potter more popular than Percy Jackson? I'm not saying it shouldn't be. I'm just saying, why? Why does it have to be that why way? Indeed. Why don't they get the same attention? All right, That's well, this will key. be an interesting dis- discussion. Considering you are not super big into Harry Potter, but do love Percy Jackson. I've been over this. I don't know jack about Harry Potter. And I am super... (laughs) I'm sorry. Since we're on the Percy Jackson thing, you said I don't know jack. It made me think of Magnus Chase and the Gods of Asgard (laughs) and Jack the Sword. Oh, I never finished that series because I'm a heathen. It is, I think, the only other Rick Ryden series that is almost better than Percy Jackson the Olympians. Magnus Chase and the Gods of Asgard is so good and I love it. But but I thought about it because there's Sumer Brandir, or however you say it. It's Norwegian or Norse. I'm not going to be able to say it. But there's a it's, talking sword. Yeah, and it's the I sword the of summer. Book. And it wants a name. And Magnus is like, well, I mean, I don't really know what to name you. And then he's asking, what's your name? My name's Magnus. There you go. Call me Magnus. No, we can't both be Magnus. And then he's like, what should my name be? And Magnus goes, well, honestly, I don't know Jack. And then the sword goes, Jack, that's it. And for the rest of the series, they call this ancient mythical sword that is destined to bring about Ragnarok at the end of time, Jack. And just whenever you said I don't know Jack, it made me think about that, and that made me happy because I love Jack. Speaking of talking swords, this is relevant to the conversation, I promise. Did I ever tell you about that garbage book that I read forever ago? I don't think so. Okay, so once upon a time, I went to a bookstore in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, and I was talking to the lady there, and she was super nice and everything, and I told her I liked Percy Jackson, and she said, oh, if you like Percy Jackson, you'll like this other series called Mythos Academy. I didn't end up getting any books that day because, you know, reasons. I was poor. But I did end up finding it. I did end up finding it online, not I didn't pirate the book. I got it through my library's like online ebook service. And I'm really glad I didn't buy it because it was a garbage book. Basically, they <laughs> take like, allow me to just read you the blurb from this book since I pulled it up. Oh, I would love to hear it. Please enjoy it. Ahem. My name is Gwen Frost and I go to Mythos Academy, a school of myth, magic, and warrior whiz kids where even the lowliest geek knows how to chop off somebody's head with a sword. And 
wait, wait, this is a run-on sentence. Hold on, let me start that. Let me go back to a few words here. Where even the lowliest geek knows how to chop off somebody's head with a sword, and Logan Quinn, the hottest Spartan guy in the school, also happens to be the deadliest. But lately, things have been weird, even for Mythos. First, mean girl Jasmine Ashton was murdered in the Library of Antiquities. Then someone stole the Bowl of Tears, a magical artifact that can be used to bring about the Second Chaos War. You know, death, destruction, and lots of other bad, bad things. Freaky stuff like this goes on all the time at Mythos, but I'm determined to find out who killed Jasmine and why. Especially since I should have been the one who died. <laughs> yeah. Um, some of my thoughts while reading this book the love interest it's totally like the sexy bad boy trope mr dark and mysterious everyone has all these alliterative names like superheroes the mythology makes absolutely no sense they mix like eight different mythologies that aren't even at all related that sounds so awful oh and to bring this full circle at the end of the book she finds a sword that talks but they make a specific point to mention that the sword has a cool British accent. I'm I not mean, making if I that had up. a sword, I'd want it to have a cool British accent. So, I mean... That is, I mean, but why do they need to specify that specifically? It sounds like someone who sat around watching too much Doctor Who, not that I have anything against Doctor Who, and was just like, I'm gonna write a fantasy novel. It's garbage. Anyway, if you want to ever look at how terrible it is, don't. So... So I was, whenever you brought up to me earlier about how come Harry Potter and Percy Jackson are similar but yet different, I started really looking into the similarities between them. And before we get into this, no, I am not suggesting that either author ripped off the other one or copycatted or was even inspired by the other one. It's quite possible to have similar themes, especially whenever you're playing on different tropes and genres. And these are both great authors. I love both their books. Don't start saying one's a copycat or a fake or whatever. Both great. This is just really this is just really, really interesting, some of the similarities between them. So both Harry Potter and Percy Jackson were released kind of from the nineties to the mid two thousands. Percy Jackson's a little bit later. Uh, it was released in the early to mid-2000s, whereas Harry Potter was late 90s to mid-2000s. Both of them, as you mentioned earlier, are middle-grade fantasies that both draw mythology. Percy Jackson, of course, is much more overt in its use of mythology in relation to Greek myths. But Harry Potter actually has a lot of different like monsters and magical creatures that draw on myths from around the world. Most of them are centered more in England, like the UK. but there are some from other places as well. Uh, they both have been adapted to the screen and stage. One of them has an awful screen adaptation, and the other one is wonderful screen adaptation. And then one has an awful stage adaptation, while the other one has a great stage adaptation. So I guess they bounce into their out. Both well, of the main characters. One is bitch. If you're both a Percy Jackson and Harry Potter fan, or even if you're just a Harry Potter fan, you probably immediately were like, oh, I know which one that is. And if you said mm -hmm. it's the one about the movies, you're wrong, because people need to stop complaining about the Harry Potter movies. But anyway, both anyway. of the main characters start around the same age. Harry goes from 11 to 17 in his books, and Percy goes from 12 to 16. So they're written to appeal, maybe not quite to that age range in, in particular, but you know they were kind of written around that age. They both have black hair and green eyes, which is just a weirdly specific fact, but it's the true. Both the book. What did you say? I said the characters, not the books, just to clarify. The, oh, the books have 
The books do not okay. have black hair and green eyes. That would be weird. <laughs> Sorry, I Such just a... felt that that needed to be clarified. I don't think it did, but okay. Um, both have... Well, okay, so I wrote notes down, and the way I wrote this was both have magical kiddos, and so that's pretty much it. Both have people and... Uh, getting, I'm getting my words wrong. Basically, both have kids that have powers that often manifest before they realize they have powers. You find that with both Percy and Harry. And then both have both books have facilities that will house and train those magical, talented kiddos to hone their powers and to be able to control them. You have Camp Half-Blood for the demigods in Percy Jackson and the Olympians and Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry in Harry Potter. Both Percy and Harry have been mistreated by like a relative or a guardian. Of course, the Dursleys for Harry and Gabe, Percy's terrible stepfather. Both books have really, really but uh, well, no one likes Gabe. I mean, like, if you like Gabe, I'm concerned. <laughs> I would also be concerned. You just spat it with so much venom. I was, I was surprised. Well, I, I feel like everyone does though. Does, does no one else hate Gabe as much as I do because he's so terrible? Like, I'm not saying he shouldn't be hated. I, I was just making a joke. We, this isn't. <laughs> I wasn't attacking you. I just thought well, it was no, funny. You're like, you were oh, you know, the Dursley and Gabe. Well, because Gabe. You clearly had, have, have one that you hate more. Let's just leave it at that. Oh, I would definitely say that I hate Gabe more than the Dursleys. Even though the Dursleys are terrible, too. I feel like people are going to get mad at me. with I'm going to be like, the so, Dursleys oh, I would agree, actually. I have only read three Harry Potter books, but I am very much inclined to agree for a number of reasons. <laughs> that, that's that's a conversation we'll have to have. Both books have a really smart girl who helps all the dumb people around her. <laughs> that's Annabeth. Particularly their two friends. Oh uh, yeah, as a member of like the tr- main trio that each book has, and then some interesting things about like the first book, the first books of each series in general. So for Percy Jackson, the Olympians, that's Lightning Thief, and for Harry Potter, that's the Philosopher's Stone or the Sorcerer's Stone if you're an American and you're uneducated. But the first books on each series, of each series, I wrote on each series in here. I'm tired, guys. But the first books of each series focus on a perceived villain that the trio thinks is up to no good because they're dark and brooding. That being Snape for Harry Potter or Hades or the Lightning Thief. But that villain turns out to be a misdirect and the actual villain is a more unassuming character who's working for a, a half-dead <laughs> a half-dead villain who's trying to who's currently in spirit form and trying to m- become a physical form once again. And of course the unassuming character is probably Quirrell or Luke and then they're trying to help Voldemort or Kronos. Of course both Voldemort and Kronos seek to regain physical form by possessing hosts. You have, well, I don't know if he particularly possessed him, but you have Voldemort inhabiting Quirrell and he did possess others at point. You have Kronos with Luke. Spoilers if you haven't read Percy Jackson, but you should. And then also God. this one is this one it's just so trivial, but I just love it. In the first book of each series, both of the char- the main trio encounter a three-headed dog. For Percy Jackson and the Olympians, it's the Greek three-headed guardian of the underworld, Cerberus, and in the Percy and in the Percy Jackson one, yeah, sure. And in Harry Potter, it is Fluffy the three-headed dog on the third floor quarter. And 
they're both wonderful, good boys, and they do their jobs well, and I love them both. So there's actually a lot of similarities between these two books, and yet one of them is like a multi-million dollar franchise, and the other one, I actually don't know how much Percy Jackson has made, but it definitely is not as big. Yes, I agree. Although, okay, I'll mention this real quick. I knew we were going to be talking about this today, even though we acted like it was a surprise. And I decided to pull my Twitter, my Twitter followers. Yeah, my three Twitter followers. I decided to pull the people that I know on Instagram because I have friends there sometimes. And basically I said, you can only have one for the rest of your life, Percy Jackson or Harry Potter. So far in my very um, statistically sound poll on Instagram, Seven people have chosen Percy Jackson, and four people have chosen Harry Potter, which completely defeats my point. But all that being said, (laughs) I still feel like, generally speaking, Harry Potter became way more of a cultural phenomenon than Percy Jackson did. I said Harry Potter. It definitely did. Yeah, Harry Potter absolutely exploded, which I think think Harry Potter deserved. Like, I'm not one to come into this conversation and technically say, well, one's so much better. It's not saying that Harry Potter doesn't deserve its success, but rather that how come another similar series that is also very good didn't get that kind of treatment? Part of me wonders, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of factors involved in it, but part of me wonders because since Harry Potter was first published in like 1997 and ended in 2007, whereas like the first Percy Jackson book was like 2004 or 5? I think it might have been 2005. Okay, 2004. So it was in the midst of like Harry Potter being very big. I mean, Harry Potter still is very big, but it was at the height of the Harry Potter books coming out. So I wonder if maybe that could have, I don't know, brought it down a little bit because people were so hyped on those they didn't notice this other series or i don't know didn't check it out or just didn't hear about it but even then there are books and movies that people that weren't always popular when they came out that are now like cult classics and stuff and percy jackson i don't think has reached that point yet so that obviously can't be the only thing but i wonder if that was at least somewhat of a factor yeah Percy Jack or The Lightning Thief, the first book in the Percy Jackson series, was released in 2005. So you were right. One of the things that I always kind of thought, and obviously this isn't the final, this can't be the whole reason, but I think it could be a big part of it, is how, if not commercially, I mean, I'm sure they were commercially successful, or they wouldn't have made a gazillion of them, but at the very least, culturally successful, the Harry Potter movies were. And I know fans have differing opinions about them but or you know whatever that's that's a discussion for another day but just seeing when you make something into a movie it reaches a whole new demographic that the books didn't because not everybody's a reader but a lot of people will more people will go see a movie than they will read a book let's be honest here and that's not a bad thing like uh my brother doesn't really read much but he did go see the Percy Jackson movies with me and they were garbage but what can you do but I feel like if Percy Jackson had had a good film adaptation at the very least it would have reached the same number of people as Harry Potter did but because both movies were garbage and completely floundered it just it didn't reach that same cultural relevance that Harry Potter did yeah that definitely is a big thing whenever 
movies or in general, like even if it's like a play or a musical or something that's created from a book, it does, like you said, reach more audience members. And some people will watch a movie and then want to read the book if they like the movie. Sometimes it's because they liked it and they want to know how the book did it. Sometimes they didn't even know the book existed until they watched the movie. Like, with me, I watched How to Train Your Dragon and How to Train Your Dragon 2 before I ever knew that there were How to Train Your Dragon books. I knew technically after seeing the first one, because it said, based on the book series, How to Train Your Dragon. But I had never read them or never heard of them before. And I actually, in the past like year, actually probably this year, this year, I, I actually started reading the How to Train Your Dragon series because I love the movies so much. And I was like, I want to read them. And granted, they are very, very different from the movies. And I would say that they're definitely written more childishly. They're not as grandiose and adventurous. But they're still really cute and they're fun to read. And I'm glad that I've experienced them. But it's quite possible that if I hadn't ever watched How to Train Your Dragon however many years ago and loved Toothless, that I might never have known that How to Train Your Dragon, the books existed. Maybe I would have come across them eventually, but you never know. But because of the movie, I went back and now I'm experiencing them. Actually, I was thinking about going, well, first to go back to your point. So way back when, the one movie theater near where I lived, they did like summer movies for free. And so one time I went with, my mom took me and my brother because we weren't doing anything. And the movie they were showing was Percy Jackson. And I actually went with a friend of mine who had read the books. And she was like, this is a terrible movie, but I'll go see it with you. And I was like, okay, because it was free. And so we went. And I didn't hate the movie the first time I watched it. But I hadn't read the books either. So then I went back and read the books. And I was like, oh, I understand now. Speaking of the movies, too, I was kind of curious about this. First of all, both both Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Lightning Thief, the first film, and Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, first film in the Harry Potter series, were directed by the same guy, Chris Columbus. Yes, they uh, were. Not to be confused with the adventurer from 1492, who was Christopher Columbus. But I was, I was kind of curious. I was reading the um, Rotten Tomatoes reviews, which I don't typically care about, and I just minimize the window on my laptop because I'm an idiot. On Rotten Tomatoes, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is certified fresh with 81% and the audience score is 82%. I'm sure someone out there who cares more about movie reviews could tell me that what that means, but I'm assuming it's a good thing. Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Lightning Thief, on the other hand, has a 49%, which is not good, and a 53% audience score, which is also not good. It shows a little picture of a popcorn bucket tipped over, which means I guess somebody left in a hurry. <laughs> My favorite thing, uh, let me just read you, there's like a little thing on the page that says critics consensus, and it's cracking me up. So Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone adapts its source material faithfully while condensing the novel's overstuffed narrative into an involving and often downright exciting big screen magical caper. And then for the lightning thief it says, so it may seem like, a, like just another Harry Potter knockoff. I can't get past that, I'm sorry. So it may seem like just another Harry Potter knockoff. Percy Jackson benefits from a strong supporting cast, a speedy plot, and plenty of fun with Greek mythology. I'm sorry, what? What supporting cast? cast? Are you kidding me? I mean, no offense to any of those actors, but 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No. Oh, I think no, it's no, no. like, oh, they're no. famous people, but are they? Apparently, Logan Lerman has been in some stuff. Oh, he was um, yeah, so the movies, I'm sure, did not help. That's why I also get nervous. I disagree with people who say just because a movie or a sequel to something or a remake or whatever is done poorly at that, then makes it so you can't enjoy the original because that's never been the case for me. Mm-hmm. But I do acknowledge the fact that whenever bad movies or poorly made movies are made about books... It does hurt the books, not because it'll turn faithful fans away, because we're like, we don't care, we love the books. Right. But maybe someone then, maybe someone watched Percy Jackson and the Olympians, you know, the first movie or both movies, and they weren't huge fans. And maybe then if they see Percy Jackson and the Olympians on the shelf, they're just going to be like, oh, well, I hated that movie. I'm not going to want, going to read that. Yeah. And it's going to give them a negative perspective of it when they might actually like it a lot more maybe they still won't like it maybe Greek mythology isn't their thing but mm-hmm. they really like it like that's why I'm concerned because I know for a while I don't know if it'll ever reach I don't know like production or even pre-production well I guess it's already in pre-production but one of my favorite book series Range of the Apprentice has had the rights bought for a while from a movie studio and I believe they hired a director for it they they might have hired screenwriters. I don't remember. It's been a while since I've looked at the news about it. And that terrifies me because I love Ranger's Apprentice and it's so good. And even though a bad movie of it won't sully my association with it because I love it so much and I own all the books. I'm literally staring at them right now in my bookshelf. Aww, looking at them <laughs> lovingly. Yeah, and... But then that'll be hard because if it becomes a thing that people see and it's not good, then whenever I'm like, oh, you've got to read Rangers Apprentice. It is so good. The world building is amazing. People might be like, that was a terrible movie and have a negative connotation associated with it. I'm like, no, you don't understand. It is like the most amazing thing and I love it. So yeah, so the movie I'm sure did not help Percy Jackson's case at all. Not to delay the point, but speaking of movie adaptations for books that we've read, kind of, I think the Artemis Fowl movie got delayed. It did get delayed. It's now delayed until 2020, 2020 right? May, I believe. I believe it's May 2020 now Oof. instead of August 2019. Yeah, because I was at my library the other day, the, the campus library, and they have a display up of all these things that are getting turned into all these books that are getting turned into film adaptations. And they said August, 2019 for the Artemis Fowl movie. And I'm like, why haven't I heard about this? I want to go see it. It got delayed May 29th, 2020. Yeah. Which I'm not sure whether to be happier concerned about, because on one hand, maybe that means they've realized, Oh, we need to fix some stuff and they'll, fix things that maybe would have been a problem area and bring them back. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it means they're not confident about what they're putting out and that there are big problems and that they might not end up fixing them well. Because the fact that not only was it pushed back, but they already had posters out with the August 2019 on yeah. it. And they had a trailer, teaser trailer out that said it was in August. Like, I don't know. That'll So hopefully it'll be the good thing of, oh, they realized they made some mistakes and they went back and fixed them and not the bad thing of they made a whole bunch of mistakes mm-hmm. and now they're trying to sell. 
so I'm concerned. Honestly, I don't have high hopes for that, especially from the trailer. I was just like, well, I'll go see it, but I'm probably going to complain about it <laughs> afterwards. Who knows? Maybe you'll like it. Well, I'm already mad, though, because they they cast Judy Dench as Commander Root, which completely destroys the relationship between him and Holly. And to clarify, I'm not talking like, oh, it was a romantic relationship and they destroyed her love interest. No, it was a really sweet mentor-mentee relationship where, you know, he was a positive male role model and he was great and he died for them. And Holly really respected Spoiler him. Spoiler alert and for I... the Artemis Fowl series, which, why haven't you read it? But carry on. <laughs> and so and so that frustrates me immediately whenever I saw the cast list. Because I remember seeing the cast list come out. And I remember messaging you and being like, I re- oh, remember gonna... you complaining to me. I remember this distinctly. Okay, but the interesting thing was, you actually were the one that said, wait, isn't Root male? And I was like, you're right, he is. It's been a while since I've read them, and I thought that he was. And to clarify, I, I wasn't complaining. I was just, I had noticed that, and I was like, wait a second, that's different. Well, I think it's appropriate to complain, because you're just changing the poor guy. Like, I don't have anything against Judy Dench, I guess. Well, I think she was in Captain Marvel or whatever, I don't remember. I don't really know much about her, but, like, okay, fine. She's whatever, put her in there. Back. Even then with, like, Josh Gad, though, with, like, Mulch, I was like, mmm. I mean, I love Josh Gad. I love him as Olaf. I love him as LeFou. He was, like, my dream cast for LeFou, and I was so happy in Beauty and the Beast. I feel like he was in something else that I now can't remember, but I really liked him in. Josh Gad. But, but, like, even him as Mulch, I'm like, that is just not... But then again, I never really liked the character of Mulch, too, so maybe it's just because I'm like, Mulch I like Josh Gad. I don't want to see him in this, in this weird role. But yeah, so that that already makes me mad because if you're already going into it and you're like well we're changing the whole character then it's kind of like okay like if Ranger's Apprentice they went in and they were like I don't know Horace doesn't exist or Horace is a girl and he's a love interest now or something I'd be like I'm sorry what bring back my son he is he does not deserve this or if they're like well Halt should be a female mentor or something and I would just die it would be so bad wow well and speaking of they actually do change several characters including in my opinion the most egregious one in percy jackson the movie is brandon t jackson as grover which is like, like the worst thing to ever happen why do you say that <laughs> you were like really quiet for a long time I was there and to i was think just... of what i wanted to say to that because well the biggest thing about it is the fact that Grover is known for being so shy and quiet. Like, literally one of the first things they say about Grover in the Lightning Thief book, one of the first sentences about him is like, oh yeah, he cries super easily. Like, he's just a little soft boy. He will cry at everything. And then you meet this movie Grover, who's like this player, flirtatious, confident guy, and you're just like, I mean, what? What are you doing? Not to mention that Brandon T. Jackson does not look anything remotely close to Grover at all. It's a nice thing when char- when actors look like the characters that they're portraying. I will let that slide if they can play the character the way it's supposed to be. Does that make sense? Like, my, my biggest issue yeah. with Alexandra, whatever her name is, as Annabeth, isn't that 
she isn't blonde, although I do think Annabeth being blonde is an important thing, which we can talk about another time if you want. But the biggest thing is, first of all, the actress has no personality in anything she's ever been in. She was like a one-off character in White Collar for a while. And I was like, oh, it's Annabeth. And I was like, she's the exact same person in this movie as she was, or in this show as she was in The Lightning Thief. No personality. And so if she had been like a better Annabeth, I would have let the hair thing slide. And same with Grover. Like if he had been a better Grover, I would have let like the appearance thing slide. But like just, I don't even... I don't even know who these characters are anymore. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I agree to an extent. Like, for example, speaking of the how both Percy Jackson and Harry Potter have had stage adaptations, you and I actually went to went to see the Lightning Thief musical we together. Did. It was amazing. And it was like uh, it was like one of the most amazing experiences. And yes, there are several actors that do not that are not like the same races as the characters they portray or don't look like how I would imagine them to look like it. James Hayden, Kristen Rodriguez, James Hayden Rodriguez, I think it is, who plays Luke, the one that I feel really I bad. I love him as so Luke, though. He did so name. good. I know. I love him, and I love his voice, and I just loved James Hayden Rodriguez. I doubt you were listening, but if you were listening, I love you as Luke Castellan so much. Keep it up. Your voice is absolutely beautiful, and it gives me chills. But um, both George Salazar and Jarrell, I think is how you say his name. He was one who was playing Grover when we saw him. He, they're he both. Uh, sorry, he's but, not the one who's on the cast recording, though, right? That's the other guy. No, that's George Salazar. But yeah. the one that we saw Yara was is so Jarell. much better at remembering names of people. I'm just like, you know, that dude. I don't know what it is, but I will. I will remember like names, faces usually too, but like names, I will remember. I'll randomly so. <laughs> A slight, like, off story, but, like, we were at church the other day. Well, by the day, I mean yesterday, because we record on yeah, Mondays, okay. but, <laughs> and... Imagine going to church on Sunday. We have this series during July called At the Movies, which is where we take different movies from, like, the past year, and we watch, like, different segments of them and talk about, like, what are some themes the movie brought forth how can that apply to our lives which would really fit into what we do like picking apart movies and the themes and stuff and we watched oh my goodness what was it oh we watched mission impossible whatever the newest one was yesterday or watched sections of it and i just and this is like the first one i've ever seen though of it and i of course didn't even see all but i i actually kind of do though now i kind of want to watch mission impossible movies we should do that we should watch those and make those like an episode series of our like first things like watching mission impossible movies just like what in the I've world seen, but like, anyway. one or two of them they all kind of run together for me yeah, so it's a spy movie i'm just like hey i like spies let's do this but like i you know <laughs> Like, so, like, I'm sitting there, and Mom's beside me, and then Dad's beside her. So I, like, lead all the way over to Dad during this, and I go, is that Simon Pegg? <laughs> like, I'm pointing <laughs> to the screen, and I'm like, is that Simon Pegg? I think that's Simon Pegg. And Dad's like, I don't know. And I actually did never looked it up, but I'm pretty sure it was Simon Pegg in there. And then there, there was also was. another. And then I believe Michelle Williams was in there, who was in The Greatest Showman. And Mom didn't know her name, but she turned to me and she's like, is that the lady that sings The Greatest Showman? I'm like, yeah, I was just thinking, I'm pretty sure that's Michelle Williams. So, I don't know. I have this 
weirdly specific recollection of names, especially whenever it comes to, like, actors or, like, YouTubers, anyone. I'm just like, oh, yeah, that random person. Like, I know the name. But, yeah, it's like, they, going back to the Lady Thief musical, I cannot remember her name, but the lady that played Sally and, like, the Oracle and other roles was... I'm gonna find her, because she was great, too. Yeah, I love whenever they were great, and it doesn't bother me. But whenever it's a movie like that, where it's probably exacerbated by the fact that I don't like the movie and I don't like how the character was portrayed, that I'm just kind of like, well, one more thing you did wrong is you didn't even it's pick an actual even a good like movie. Here. Yeah, it's great. Let's see. Okay, the actress who plays Sally Jackson, Selena Beauregard, the Oracle, oh, yeah, and others. I when we saw on tour, I'm so sorry. I'm going to butcher your name, my friend. Jalen Steele. Oh yes, yes, I've seen. And the then name. on I've... the original Off Broadway cast is she's play. They're played by Carrie. Comp. Com- it looks like compare, but that's not what I'm sure. That's not how it's spelled. Said. Wow. Sorry for butchering your names, ladies. <laughs> Why can't you just have easy names? Well, says says I. We're both says, says I. You who spells out her Twitter that... username every time for fear of people getting it wrong. No one. Okay, try going through life with my name. No one knows how to say either Honey. my first name or my last name or how to spell either of them. I've gone through my life being called Kiera, Kira, Kyra. My last name is pronounced Cal me. People say call me, call me. I'm just like Cal me and I'm just like, it's Cal me. It's not that hard. The only Listen. thing people can pronounce is my middle name, which is Murray. <laughs> but that's the only you're, thing you're out here acting like you're the only one who has a difficult to pronounce first name. How, you, do you know my struggle? We've talked about this. Well, yeah, but still, I like, there's answer a... to anything that begins with the letter M at this point because no one knows how to. Okay, okay obviously well, that's, Maggie that's is not my full legal name. When I go to the so... doctor, people don't say my name right. That's what I'm complaining so about. Easy, so I don't it. understand. I don't understand that, because yours is very easy. But, like, yours is one that, like, people should know. And then there's me. There's just Kiara. No one knows it. I'm just, like, I swear. I had a classmate. This is totally off topic, but, hey, we're having fun. But I had a classmate that spelled her name the way I did, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Hello, new friend. I am so excited to meet you. Like, I was so excited to meet another Kiara. I was like, how do you pronounce your name? And she's like, Kiara. And I'm just like, never mind, I disown you. But it's funny because she says that, well, she said that people always would pronounce her name Kiara instead of Kiara. And I'm like, well, people always call me Kiara instead of Kiara. So what is happening? You know but what this means? Whenever... It means you're cursed. It's I'm sorry to break probably... it to you, but you are cursed. You have whenever... made an enemy somewhere, and now you're cursed. Anytime I meet someone or see someone online, like, they spell my their name my way, but they pronounce it Kiera or Kira, I get inordinately mad, man. I'm just like, that is not how it is pronounced. And it's not even just, like, you know, how names are pronounced different ways. Kiara is actually, like, a Zulu Swahili name, and that is how it is pronounced, is Kiara. I'm just like, uh, anyway, those well, are my struggles. Percy Jackson and Harry Potter. <laughs> I bet that if Percy had a full name Perseus, people wouldn't know how to say that either. They'd be like, hey, per- Perseus, it's it's Perseus. Okay, I'm sure. I'm sure he understands. Harry Potter, on the other hand, would not. 
Harold Potter. I don't know why it just made me laugh. I'm so sleep deprived, and I just for some reason I just thought of his name being Harold Potter. And it why just made are me you laugh. sleep deprived? Because I have terrible sleeping habits, and I've been playing Wolf Quest Three a lot, and I need to not be doing when that. Did you go to bed last night? Uh, okay. Last night was actually earlier than most. I think it was like ten thirty-ish or something. Wait, no, because I was playing Wolf. No, I think it was like ten thirty. Actually, it might have been like eleven. Honestly, they're all running together. What time did you get up this like, morning? Uh, I woke up around. I think it was. I woke at like eight twenty, but I didn't what? actually like, force me to get up until later. I am always tired. I don't understand it. I'm actually okay. I'm not. This isn't a competition, so I'm not trying to make you feel bad. We came back from the show last night around midnight, and then I needed to shower so bad. If you're ever in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, don't go to the Chameleon Club in the middle of the summer. It's awful. Great show. Terrible venue. But we were we were soaked in sweat. So we came back from the show and showered. And by the time I we went to bed, it was probably about 1231-ish. And then I got up at 6 to see my friend off because she had to go to work at her house two hours away. And I had to go to work. At, so I got five hours of sleep. I, I have not been getting great sleep like i've not been like going to sleep at good times for months now and but it's been like over a year that i've just always been exhausted and i'm always just like eh, i don't I know except that no matter how much sleep i get i'm just going to be tired so like why not just get less sleep and still be tired that's the same like amount. With me, especially because whenever i was getting good sleep i was i wasn't quite this tired but i was still very tired and at that point, I thought it was a side effect from, like, the medication that I was taking. And drugs. So I was like, yes, drugs. <laughs> no. Well, That's okay. what they are. Well, yes, but also no. If anyone is concerned, <laughs> I take medication. You. I'm sorry. I take medication for obsessive compulsive disorder and, and depression. So leave me alone. <laughs> okay, but if we go back to Percy Jackson and Harry Potter. We were talking about movies. And, like, we were talking about the movie adaptations and how, you know, the Percy Jackson movies were garbage. And then we were talking about why the Percy Jackson movies were garbage. And then we started talking about why the musical is so much better. But how did we get from Percy Jackson musical to me being on obsessive-compulsive disorder of medication? Um, (laughs) I don't... You made a mistake and said you were sleep deprived, and I asked how much sleep you got because I didn't believe you. Oh, okay, so it was your fault. All right. Yes, it is. It's always my fault. Haven't you learned this? You're the only person around here who keeps me in line. I'm just all over the place all the time. Wait, you're the one supposed to keep me in line, though, because I'm the one that gets distracted and does stuff. Well, then we're both screwed. So anyway, Harry Potter. This podcast is going to be a wild ride doing this together. I was like, oh, well, Maggie's the more, she's the one, she's the introvert, she's the one that, you know, knows how to get wait, stuff done. Hold on. On. hold on a second. Did you go into this podcast thinking that I was going to act like a normal person? No, but I thought that you'd help, that you'd help me stay on track, though. I'm trying, <laughs> because... and you keep going back to the thing. I'm like, okay, let's refocus, and you're like, but what about this thing? You're just like a frustrated mother. You're just like I am a listen, frustrated I'm mother. You keep going. You keep going back to the. I'm trying my best. Okay, 
Percy Jackson and Harry Potter. I will say, I don't know what factors really play into how big they got, but I will say that I do enjoy Rick Riordan's style of writing much more than I do JK's. And, like, I do love hers. Hers is great. I've reread Harry Potter, like, once or twice. I need to do it again. I want to do it. I wanted, okay, at one point I was like, you know, it would be fun every single year rereading Harry Potter at least once. And I have not done it this year. So My friend I need to get on that. Every summer she oh. she has the audiobooks and she listens to them. She oh, also listens to them at right. three times speed, so Oh my. I've also kinda wanna rearrange the Apprentice too. Like I reread it not that long ago, but I'm like, eh, I miss my children. But like with Percy Jackson with Rick Riordan, his style is much less formal. It's almost always first person. It's extremely sarcastic. It's relaxed. And maybe I like it a little bit better just because it also helped influence my writing style. Because yeah. I remember when I started reading Percy Jackson, I had read a few other books that were in first person. And I was never a huge fan of them. I think most of them are like historical, like diary books or whatever. So maybe that's why. Even though I love history. So that's weird that I wouldn't have liked it. But yeah. I wasn't a huge fan of first person. I was like, I do not like first person. It, it, I don't like it. But then whenever I started reading Percy Jackson, I remember, I don't know like if it immediately hit me, but looking back now, I realized that I was like, whoa, first person can be written really, really well if you know how to do it. And it can be really engaging and not just this you know, weird, boring thing. And so I actually write a lot in first person nowadays because of Percy Jackson, because of learning that just because I had read some books that I didn't like with first person didn't mean the first person was a problem. Right. That it was a point of view that can be really fun to write and really engaging. And then, of course, also, I loved Rick Riordan's very sarcastic and irreverent style of humor in his writing. And that's something that, although I know that I don't quite have in my writing, I do try to put like humor and stuff into my writing and hopefully yeah. sometimes capture it as a tiny bit of that greatness. So maybe I'm just biased because of, you know, the nostalgia or the influence it's had on me. But I do like his style better than I like J.K. Rowling's. I think, okay, I'm starting to realize how, for me as a writer, writing in first person came very naturally for a very long time. And I think that's partly because almost all of young adult fiction was written in first person, um, which is, it's not a problem. It was just like, I think I was so exposed to that, that that's just what I tended to think of writing in. And I'm starting to realize that first person writing is not easy and not everybody does it well. The last three books, well, actually the last four books that I read were all written in third person point of view. And for if you're not a writer out there, basically what I mean when I say third person point of view is omniscient or not omniscient, just like another narrator talking about the characters, third person pronouns, he, she, they, etc. And so when I talk about, uh, what was I saying? I lost my train of thought. So anyway, I just picked up another book that I'm reading now, and it's written in first person narration with two alternating narrators. And I am having a really hard time with it. And I don't... I don't think it's because of the first person narration, but I'm starting to realize how difficult it is to pull it off because what I'm feeling as I'm reading this book right now is the characters are just 
over explaining everything and I don't understand why they need to explain everything to me it feels like I'm being talked down to in a way and so I really all that to say I really appreciate the way that Rick Riordan uses first person narration because despite being a snarky child Percy never talks to you like he's talking down to you he treats the reader like a friend and like a peer even if you're older or younger than he is you're always on the same level as Percy you're never less than him like when he finds something out for the first time you're finding out for the first time too does that make sense yeah and I agree with you first person is very difficult to write well because I think some of the I think two of the main I guess roadblocks with it whenever you're trying to write first person is that one of the things is kind of like how you're saying which can be both a good and a bad thing is that your information as the reader is very limited because it is only as much as the character knows because the character is telling you what they know whereas with third person even if it's limited first person which most of the times it is, because limited is better than omniscient, but, but uh, that, that's a tangent for another day. Actually, yeah. what book was... It actually was... Okay, so I started reading the one book you told me to read, Vicious, and I felt like it was being, like, in the beginning, like, it was, like, omniscient third person. I was like, well, crap, I don't want to read the omniscient point of view. But even with a limited third person point of view, you can still describe things in the narrative that other characters are doing or you can completely switch to a scene that your main character is not a part of it's like a separate chapter or whatever and you can give the reader information the character themselves does not have and that can be very useful if you want the reader to know something that the character doesn't know, like dramatic irony or something like Mm -hmm. that. But it's very difficult to do that with first person, so you have to work around it, and that can be great because sometimes you can keep things from the reader that's more plausible the reader would know because they're only seeing it through that eye. But I think probably the thing people have the hardest time with with first person and writing first person well is that to write first person well, the character that's speaking needs to have a very strong character voice and you as the writer need to know how to write that character voice and if it's not solid the first person is not going to work for you and there have been characters that you know even characters that I know very well that I've written for a very long time that I don't like to write in first person because they're a little bit harder because even though I know their voice there are things that just don't work in first person like one of the characters I've had I've had him for over six years and he definitely is a very distinctive voice whether it's just a narrative dialogue or whether he's in first person but I find first person to be very difficult with him because he has a lot of different feelings and emotions but he doesn't understand them and he's not willing to be vulnerable So he's not the kind of character that's going to tell the reader, oh yeah, this is how I'm feeling, or that's what I thought, because he wouldn't do that in general. So most of the times I find, even though he does have a strong character voice, and I do know him as well as I know him, he's much easier to write in third person, because then I can give away some of the things that he would never say to the reader. And so first person, 
both first and third person bring their different challenges, but I definitely agree that first person is extremely hard to do well, and Rick Riordan does it so well. I disagree with people when it comes to Magnus chasing the gods of Asgard. I saw some people saying, well, Magnus's character voice just sounds exactly like Percy, and I can't tell them apart, and, you know, that's poor writing. And Magnus it does is a lot more cynical than Percy is. I mean, Percy's pretty cynical, but Magnus, like, takes it to another level. Yeah, and, like, it's definitely Rick Riordan. Like, no matter what writer you're mm-hmm. going to be reading from, even if it's first person, there's going to be that writer style. And Rick Riordan, in general, is a very snarky and easygoing writing style. So yeah. just about any character he writes from, even in first person, is going to sound that way. But I love Magnus, and I think that he is, I think he does have a very strong and distinct character voice. I've challenged before, and I will challenge this to any listener if you want, to take like a passage from per- something from Percy in first person and something from Magnus and like block out any you know, indicators of Greek or Norse mythology, any giveaways such as characters or whatever, character names. And if you just give me a passage of them speaking without any, you know, indicators of the book, I bet you that I can point out which one is Percy and which one is Magnus. I think I know both of them well enough, and I think that Rick Ryden has done a good enough job distinguishing them for me to be able to tell it apart. So... I, well, actually, I was going to say tweet at me, but it'd be kind of hard because you have to give me passages. So email us at unreliablenarratorspod at gmail.com and I will read it and I will try that. <laughs> we'll do that at the beginning of the next episode. We'll give that a try. Yeah. I, that would I be was fun. just thinking, you know what? Now I lost it. Um, well, even like we've both been reading V.E. Schwab books lately, and I think she also. To my knowledge, most of the all the books that I've read of hers, no, that's not true. I think she leans more on third person narration from what yes. I remember of what I've read. But even though it's different characters and obviously different points of view because it's third person limited, you can definitely tell it, she has a very distinct style in writing. And you can tell that it's her writing, even though they're different characters. And that's not a bad thing. Every writer has that sort of has a style. And you can't get away with that. Like, you can't get away from that, I should say. Um, But the other thing I was going to ask you was, if if I remember correctly, Harry Potter is written in third person, correct? Yes. Okay. So do you think Harry Potter would work, would be better or worse if it was written in first person? And do you think Percy Jackson would be better or worse if it was written in third person? Oh, that's really interesting. I can immediately say... I think Harry Potter would do worse in first person for two big reasons that actually go back to what I think makes first person hard. I don't think Harry has a strong enough voice to carry first person. And I will come out and say it, and I actually know there are plenty of people that disagree with me. I am a huge fan of the Harry Potter series. But one of my fa- my least favorite characters in the series is Harry Potter. <laughs> There's a reason that I named my dog Luna and not Harry. One reason because she's a girl, and the second because Luna is a way better character than Harry. And Oh my. Like, Harry, people like to point out, well, book Harry was very sarcastic, and he was. He had some really good humorous lines. But I don't think that he has enough of a, I guess, captivating or interesting personality 
and enough of a distinctive voice to do yeah. well in first person. And then the other problem is that there's so much information that is given to the reader that like Percy doesn't know or you know whatever other character doesn't know. And I just said Percy and I met Harry. I figured um, I was waiting I for you to I mean there is a Percy in Harry Potter, but it's not <laughs> the same one. It's a terrible Percy Percy in Harry Potter is Percy Beasley and he's horrible and I don't like him. But so with Harry Potter, I don't think Harry has that has enough of a captivating personality or an interesting and unique character voice to carry first person and to make it something special. Mm-hmm. And then in I think I already said that. I'm trying to remember where I messed up with said Percy. But and then I think that the information that is given that Harry doesn't know, or that maybe Hermione or someone else doesn't know, but that the reader is given, or that the reader is given in a part of that information, is important to the way the plots of Harry Potter, the Harry Potter books are set up. Because there's so many times that there's like a prologue of sorts, or there's just, you know, a chapter that totally takes you to where Voldemort is, and Harry isn't experiencing that. Or, or something similar to that, where you, the reader, get to see something happening that the, Harry does not know about or does not know everything about. And the way that that's set up, it works well within the Harry Potter series and with the whole plot. And that would be, I think, very difficult to do in, third, in first person. Okay. For, did, what about, since you haven't read a lot of the Harry mm-hmm. Potter books, do you have read what do you think in regard i mean thinking about some of the things you said part of me wonders if one of the reasons i couldn't get into harry potter and again i came at it when i was older so take from that what you will but i don't think that's a big factor i think i had a hard time connecting with the characters i just i felt like i wasn't it very much felt like i wasn't with them it was more like i was watching them from the sidelines and I, with Percy Jackson, to make the comparison, I feel like I'm with Percy along the way. I am confused with him. I am excited with him. I am terrified with him. Whereas with Harry Potter, it just felt like I was kind of just watching them go along and do their thing. And to be honest with you, I don't know. None of the characters really stuck out to me, at least the, the main ones that I met. And I didn't get to some of the characters, other characters you mentioned, like Luna. I never got to the book that she's introduced in I don't think so yeah I if it had been if they if wow I almost said Percy Jackson if Harry Potter had been written in first person and had and Harry had a very engaging voice maybe I would have gotten into it more I don't know no one we will never know if there's if someone out there has written something where you rewrote the entirety of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone in first-person point of view, send me your link on fanfiction.net or wherever you have, wherever the cool kids post their fanfiction now, and I will read it. I will see if I like it. And then you would ask, you would ask me about Percy Jackson if it was written in third person. I do think Percy Jackson still would have been good in first per- thirst person. Third person. <laughs> Someone's thirsty. Yeah, I think Percy Jackson in third person would have been all right. I still think it would have been, I think it's 
ultimately better and the best in first person, but Rick Riordan has proven that he can write third person with Heroes of Olympus, and while, yes, there were issues with Heroes of Olympus, that was mostly, in my opinion, that was more plot-related than it was, oh, he's, you know, writing this. And, like, he wrote Leo in third person Heroes of Olympus since he had to do it with all these different characters, and, like, Leo's voice and his personality... And his sense of humor still comes across very strongly, even in third person. And obviously, he's a fan favorite. People love him, including me. I love Leo so much. So I think that it would have been possible, and it would have still been good. But I do think that Percy Jackson is at its best in first person format with Percy's voice and just the way he tells the story. Sorry, I'm sorry if you hear me. By the dog. Yeah, my dog's barking. Out there, well, actually, I don't think that was my. I don't think that was my dog Luna. I think that was Bella, but that was one of my dogs barking. So, so have we really have we really come to any conclusion about why? Okay, Harry Potter and Percy Jackson are so different. I don't. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't think we've come to any conclusion. I think a lot of it does have to do with exposure, and maybe part of it is the fact that Harry Potter came first, like you were saying earlier, and so. Percy Jackson seems like a Harry Potter ripoff, even though it's, it's not. So it's so dumb. Yeah. I know. We can all agree that that's stupid and fake. But it's kind of similar to, like, not that I particularly care much about either of these series, but in, in a lot of the same ways, Divergent gets seen as a ripoff of The Hunger Games, even though I think Divergent is a lot better than The Hunger Games. And just... But... The, in that situation, there's also, you know, the Divergent movies were not good. Though they, I think they had a better cast, but they were still not good. The last one, they did finish the series, but the last one was only went straight to TV, I think. I never watched it. Whereas the, I almost said the Katniss Everdeen movies, the Hunger Games <laughs> movies That's were commercially successful, had a strong cast, and got a lot of people into reading those books. So in that way, you know, The Hunger Games is the Harry Potter in this scenario, and Divergent is Percy Jackson in this scenario. I think there probably are so many different, I don't even know, things that, so many factors that go into whether movies or books or stories, how well they do, which can be terrifying as a writer, because you're like, I might be able to do like everything right, but there are just exposure factors and word of mouth even the podcast that's something that's been something i've thought about as we're starting it is how big is it gonna get because there are some podcasts i've seen that have gotten so big and have so much traction but what were the factors included in that like how do they do it is that something that can be replicated what do you do when the quest is ended what do you do when the battle's won they finish their tour and i'm upset I know, I saw it, I it's saw it. It's all uh, over. For those who have no idea what we're saying, The Lightning Thief was on tour until, like, last week as of this recording, and it's kind of, it, it's like the end of an era, and I'm a little, I'm a little upset about it. Yeah, okay, this, this is going way, way back to the conversation about Mission Impossible and how I wonder Why if it was Why are we going back to Mission Impossible? I don't because care about I Mission just, Impossible. Because I just giggled it and I was right it is Simon Pegg. But well, I'm glad you figured honestly, that one out. Okay, but that's honestly pretty impressive if I don't say so myself because I don't think I've seen 
Simon Pegg act, like, face act in a movie before. I have seen him do, like, the really heavy prosthetics where you don't even see his face with The Force Awakens. face act? Yeah, that's what they call it. It's, face, it's voice acting versus face acting, like, what? physical act. I've never heard that before. Have you not heard that term? Oh my goodness, yeah. I mean, I know what voice acting, obviously. I just call it acting and voice acting. Sorry to, like, the two theater people who are probably listening to this or not, um, and I just offended you. Sorry. I don't don't know if it's, like, considered, like, an official term, but, like, I do know that's something people use. Because even sometimes, even sometimes if you're, like, I don't know, because, like, even then, like, whenever he was technically acting in Force Awakens, but he had such heavy prosthetics on that he wasn't really, you know, using his face. It wasn't really face acting, but I don't know. Uh, But, like, I think I've only ever really seen him, like, interviews for The Force Awakens, and yet somehow I'm watching this movie and I'm like, is that Simon Pegg? But anyway, I'm really proud of myself that I was I'm proud of you, too. Thank you. I'm glad we found something we can be proud of today. <laughs> well, I'm proud of both Harry Potter and Percy Jackson, because I think they're both still good book series, and whatever mm-hmm. success they have, they have earned, I think. Because I don't want it to be like, oh, Harry Potter shouldn't have gotten it. Like, I still think, I just think that it'd be cool to have Percy Jackson share in that limelight, because mm-hmm. it is really good. And so, who really knows? I do have one factors. thing to say. Do you know what the superior book to movie adaptation is of everything do you mean where like it was the best book to movie adaptation or where the movie was better than the book uh the best book to movie (laughs) that didn't answer your question the best adaptation of a book Uh... where i enjoyed it just as much as i enjoyed the book let's put it that way I actually this do not, not know. This is not an objective ruling. I was going to say, have... it's obviously Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Well, I didn't even know it was a book. It's a graphic <laughs> novel series, so I don't even know if that counts. That's kind of funny, though, because, like, my first thing, whenever you're saying that, like, this mm-hmm. a pure book well, movie adaptation, I was, like, hands down, The Giver, because The Giver I... is such a good adaptation. Okay, to give a serious answer to this question, I would actually say um, Wonder, which came out a couple years ago, that was a really good book-to-movie adaptation. I, oh, I That was a I great... Neither... You should watch it. It has, um, what's the guy's name from Hamilton in it? Lin-Manuel Miranda? No, not him. I would have known who that is. Oh, 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 Diggs. Debbie yeah, Diggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Diggs. Yeah, he played the one teacher. I remember seeing the trailer and just going, oh, Daveed Day! I get so excited. Like, whenever I saw the poster for Murder on the Orient Express, which I still have not watched, but I'd like to, and I was looking at it, I went, oh my goodness, that's Leslie Odom Jr. That's Burr! I just got so excited. I was like, that's Burr! I'd also like to see him act, because, like, like, act in a movie, I think it'd be interesting to see them outside of that because like i've seen like lin-manuel do stuff but i'd like to see them too so i'll have to check some of those out so wonder is, I, anyway wonder is a very good movie you should watch it we posed a question at the beginning of this episode mm-hmm. of what makes a story become bigger than another story that's similar and we did not answer that question we I did think not we answer just... the question I don't. I think that's one that we kind of knew though can't be a definite answer no and 
maybe if we had done more research into it, maybe we could have like found like how much money they made and maybe reasons why. But but that doesn't. I mean, that doesn't really mean anything in the grand scheme of things. But I mean, money is one way of measuring, but money doesn't necessarily measure cultural relevance. But sometimes there can be like it can sometimes like research can show you though these like something you might not think about like the way it was distributed or the level in which it was distributed or all or printed or all kinds of stuff how it got the attention that it got but i think that if you guys leave with anything leave with the fact that harry potter is a good book and movie percy jackson is a good book and musical and simon Pegg is in mission impossible yes and also Okay, one last factor, because I just thought of this. Both book series get referenced in Psych, but they do dedicate a significant portion of an episode to referencing Harry Potter, whereas they only make one one one-off reference to Percy Jackson. So, I don't know what that means, but I'm sure it means something to someone somewhere. I feel like that is, in some ways, the more true the spirit of Percy Jackson because there are True. so many times in the books where like Percy or another character will just make this random one-off reference to something and you're just like why Why did you make that pop culture reference? What did that have to do with anything? So I'm sure it was like honoring them in a way. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find the joke and send it to you now actually. I think I might have seen it somewhere before but yes please send it to me I'd like to see it. Uh, oh, and then another thing. Another thing. I'm laughing away. about it. I'm sorry. I just watched it. It's an eight second clip. Well, anyway, while anyway. she's having fun watching that, <laughs> absolutely check out J.K. Rowling. Check out Harry Potter. Check Rick Ryan and all of his books, all of his kids' books. There are some adult books that he has. I would not suggest those. I have not read them, but I've heard They're he said. I've I've heard I remember him saying like he wrote them before Percy Jackson like he was a teacher and his students would be like oh I heard you wrote this book and he was like don't read it <laughs> this is not, not for, your age for children I mean well I mean I guess if you're an adult go for it do what you want but yeah. and then also check out Lightning Thief musical even though the Lightning Thief musical is ending its tour now and who knows where it's really going to be going from here and I know I'll like the Twitter account the Twitter account's going to be I think virtually inactive now which is sad because they have such good media accounts. So please go and check them out, especially if you are a fan of Percy Jackson, because it is such a good musical. The people that have worked on it are are amazing. And like the actors and actresses that play in it are absolutely amazing. Maggie and I, I think both at separate points have said, Chris McCarroll is Percy Jackson. He just is. He's so good. He does such a good job. He is so good. And also if you know more people end up listening maybe buying the album or just getting it around getting word of mouth maybe it can come back in a big way uh the musical be more chill actually did that apparently it was like a a musical that ran for like four weeks at some new jersey theater and then years later someone on the internet discovered the original cast recording spread it around it got huge and now i think like august 11th it's ending its broadway run and huh. so like it got on broadway so i mean at one point everyone had started a hashtag called hashtag bring the bolt to broadway so absolutely go do that too <laughs> like, Participate like in capitalism and get people to want this yeah 
I mean, we're actually going to be talking about a Broadway musical next week, so it's like a perfect segue. But like, tune in next week to not hear us talk about the Lightning Thief, but it, a different I musical. Feel like I should give the also, caveat now that I am not a cultured person, so like, I'm talking about musicals and stuff. I'm not someone who's like, oh, I'm gonna go spend a night at the theater. Like, I'm not that person. And I, I, I make no claims to being that person. I don't think any musical person I've met, though, or heard of is like that, though. They're I just feel like I come off, like, I, I'm afraid of coming off as pretentious. Like, oh, yes, I'm a, I'm a fan of the higher arts, like, theater. Maybe that's just, I'm sorry to offend any theater people. Like, that's not my intention. I just feel like that I, I, I live in constant fear of coming off like a pretentious jerk, so. Um, I don't fear that at all. Because the way yeah. I come across is always just like, there's this music, and you need to listen to it, and then Manuel Miranda is in it, and it's really good, and it talks about history, <laughs> and it's rapping, and Lauren's died. <laughs> like, there's all the, like, I literally, like, the most recent uh, Lin-Manuel musical that I got into was the 15-ish minute 21 Chump Street, which is so good and is based off of a real, like, an actual story that happened. And so... <laughs> Whenever I was like telling my mom about this new musical I'm obsessed with, it's not even like I'm talking about how like beautifully complex it is. I'm just like, it's this true story about this kid who was basically who were a police officer. There's this whole thing about how he might have sold drugs, but he might have not. And then he said he didn't, but then he had to plead guilty to it because it was her word against hers. And there was this whole thing about is it entrapment? My mom's just like, I thought it was funny because whenever I had her listen to it later. We were listening to it in the car. She's like, oh, is this the drug one? I'm like, yes, it's yes, the drug, the drug one. one. We talk about drugs more <laughs> times than we should have in this episode. We really appreciate you guys listening. I enjoyed getting to talk about Percy Jackson. Hopefully we get to talk about both Percy Jackson and Harry Potter in the future because they're both great. So I think that's it. Anything else to add, Maggie? Yeah. Um, no, but you should uh, tweet at us at UnreliablePod on Twitter and tell us what book you'd bring to a desert island. Would you bring Harry Potter or Percy Jackson? You can't bring both. That's against the rules. Or maybe there's another book that you'd rather bring, so you can bring that one instead, I guess. Um, I will make it on the day that this goes live. I'll make a Twitter poll about it, and uh, I cannot off the top of my head know what date this is going up but if you're listening to this go look for twitter i'll have it up and then also if you'd like to talk to either one of us on our personal accounts maggie is at writer mags on instagram and twitter and i'm at kiara kami on twitter and yes i'm gonna spell it because no one knows how to that's at k-i-a-r-a underscore k-a-l-m-e-y and that's it. We'll be back next week with a very musical episode. Thanks Bye. for listening. Bye. Thank you. Love you. Bye.